This is PopsCast, Lakeview Christian Center's podcast for dads. I'm Nick Missios, coordinator of Lakeview's Pops Ministry. Every month I'll be sitting down with other dads discussing how we can better practically love and lead our families and talking through the highs and lows of what it means to be a dad. In this inaugural episode, I'm sitting down with my friend David Batten. David spoke at Pops last month about the importance of prayer in the life of a dad and the practice of praying for and with our families. We discussed prayer walks and the Lord's Prayer before moving on to talk about using games as a way to enjoy time with our kids and connect with them intentionally. So without further ado, here's David. I'm here with Dave Batten. Uh, David, tell me your dad credentials. Uh, yeah, David. Uh, anytime I know I'm about to have to list the ages of my kids, I get a little bit nervous. So that I'm going to remember their, all of their current ages. Uh, yeah, married to Frankie for what will be nine years next week. Um, Happy anniversary. Yeah. And uh, I have three kids. Oliver is six. Nora is four. And Carson just turned two last month. So, um, so we also we also crammed them in very efficiently. Yeah, uh, yeah. I even feel the difference in that second gap being longer than the first gap. Like we have the big kids and then the little kid. Uh, that even Emmett will call the big ones the kiddos. Um, like as in he says he knows he's like a separate <laughs> yeah. individual from them. Um, so I, I'm. Mm. I, you know, your dad and dad credentials. What's what's the daddest thing about you? The daddest thing about me, uh, I think. So Frankie always says that I'm the, she's I'm the glitter and she's the glue, which I don't know how I feel about that as an illustration, but I think I usually know how to just like make a situation, like just make people laugh in a situation aside from when it's like really a terrible day like i can usually come in and someone got hurt i can like make them laugh someone uh like everybody's frustrated when i get home from work or when i now walk out of my bedroom when i'm done with work because we're in the pandemic um i usually can just walk in and engage and like make make it all a little more silly a little less serious more just fun together and i feel like that's like a dad i think i know a lot of dads that they kind of bring that yeah uh levity to it yeah does that work for all of your kids uh yeah different ways um i think i can do that i mean obviously there are like you know if oliver's really in a mood that's not gonna work he's just gonna be annoyed yeah it's kind of funny i have one kid for whom it definitely works to like you know when they injure themselves like i guess we have to cut it off and i have two kids for whom that does not work um, so, uh, any, especially undadly qualities that you have hobbies that you have that some people might, I'm asking you get really transparent here. Yeah. Um, really undadly hobbies. Um, I mean, I guess we're going to talk more about this later, but I play, I got, I'm pretty nerdy, I think in a lot of ways. Like I, I like board games. I like to play video games and it, that just feels that feels like I'm the kid in that situation. Like I, like no kids, we're gonna watch the movie that I want to watch, or we're gonna play the game that I want to play. And it, that I don't know that it's actually a bad thing, but I think sometimes I feel like I'm still kind of childish, and I'm a little embarrassed that I stayed up till midnight playing uh, Link to the Past Zelda game. I like don't want to tell my kids in the morning that that's what I did last night. So. Gotcha. We'll talk more about games later. I find it interesting. I I kind of I play a lot of board games, but I view them as as almost like 
uh, in, in opposition to video games, but you, you kind of do both. I thought you were going to go with baking there also, and baking. I, but I haven't been baking as much lately. That is true. I, there was a spell where I was I was baking, and I kind of want to get back into that probably. But um, I've been more into gardening lately, and that feels that feels much more dadly. Um, I think lawn mowing is more dadly. Gardening is a little more momly. But that might I mean, be I have my... like a vegetable garden. Like, oh, it's okay. not, I'm not like planting like petunias in my front of my house. Like, I I'm trying to grow carrots, and I'm getting angry at the cats that dig them up. Gotcha. Um, all right, um, cool. So let's uh, let's pivot to what you talked about um, this past pops meeting, where you talked about prayer. Uh, it's one of the topics that I had on my like we have to talk about this list early on. Um, it's it answers a lot of questions that I had about prayer and how to do this thing better as a dad. Um, you had a couple of things that really again super practical, um, and there's two things I really want to talk about. Uh, is prayer walks. Uh, you walk when you pray. Um, tell us where you got that idea from, how that came about, how you implement it. And you talked a little bit about that in the in the actual talk you did, but I want you to flesh that out a little bit. Where did you come from? How do you do it? What does it look like real practically? Yeah, so I, I got the idea from uh, Keith, our pastor, actually. Um, so he did this prayer... I don't know what it's called. Like it was a Saturday morning, like few hour long seminar or something on prayer where actually a lot of people were at that, but um, I don't remember anything he said from that <laughs> other than the prayer walk idea, which is something that he says he does. Um, and that just seemed like I, I knew prayer at that point was something I needed to add into my life more. I think I knew I, I was, I was increasingly aware that I, was living out of reliance on my own ability in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way I thought about life without having, that's not what I would have said, but that's just practically where I was living. I, I realized I'd just kind of been making decisions on my own and I needed to be engaging with the Lord more. And so that seemed like something like, I can do that. Like that's, I need to figure out where prayer fits in my life. And I could, I could go on a prayer walk at night. Like we had, small kids at the time time was hard but we had the bedtime routine and i could just walk out of my house and do that um so that's what i do like as soon as my kids go down which um they go down pretty early because they've got to get up early for school now so about seven fifteen is, is usually the time and assuming we're at home and, and nothing else is happening that's the time i'm supposed to go and so literally it's just i know that's what's coming next it's a yes no decision am i gonna do it today or am i gonna skip it and skipping it doesn't feel like like i know that's the wrong choice so i know i want to be a man that prays right and so i i i do it and i just usually have to go find my shoes and walk out the door and it's so easy i don't have a lot of stuff that i build up i don't walk i don't carry anything with me i don't do lists um i think i'd benefit from some of that but i just don't i keep it really simple and so I just put on my shoes and walk out the door. And if I still don't want to be there, like I'm just walking now. Yeah. Um, so you said as often as you don't have interruptions, how often do you find that you have something that pops up and it knocks it out of the Yes, yeah, it's, it's usually just if we're out at our night. Okay. So um, I'll still usually do it on our date night because we get home early enough. But um, like if we're out or at my parents or at um, 
I probably do it four or five nights out of the week. Okay. Is, is what I'm getting on average. Gotcha. Uh, I, I'm asking because I've I've started applying it, and I actually started in the morning, so okay. I'll wake up pretty early. Um, so I'm up at between five and five fifteen, depends on how hard I snooze, and then I'm out the door between five fifteen and five thirty. Um, a, it makes you look less crazy when there's fewer people out on the streets seeing you walk around talking to yourself. <laughs> um, but B, the, again, there are fewer things that can interrupt that time. There's not really anything going on at that time, uh, except for weather considerations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the only thing I've, I've run into some really cold or really wet mornings where I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay in. But I think you're right that it's it, it helps that it's a yes or no decision because I can sit on my couch and kind of just like yeah, kind of pray, read through this thing. Um, you were either walking or you're not. Right. Um, it's a very binary thing. And so uh, for you, said, like you said, ask, am I a man who does this? It's that, that kind of integrity gap question. Like the integrity gap is, is for those who haven't heard the term, it's the gap between what you know you should be doing and what you're actually doing. And the, the ability to just be like, mm, all right. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. I should be walking. I'm going to make that gap zero and I'm going to go and then I pray. Um, and like you said, halfway through, you know, I have a loop that I walk around. I think you said you have a loop that you walk. Mm-hmm. Um, if halfway through, I, uh, I run out of things to pray about, well, I still have half a loop. And so it kind of makes <laughs> yes. me, it makes me work towards the next thing. Um, speaking of things to pray about, you talked about the praying the Lord's prayer, which I think is a, is a really helpful, uh, framework. And we all know we've been saying since we were four years old, most of us, um, I'm curious how those you said talked about riffing on it. So starting from kind of each sentence, if you will, and kind of and kind of uh, doing what in music we'd call it like a rhapsody on that, like kind of a uh, an exploration of what that topic means. So when you start with our Father, what are some ways that you will commonly riff or kind of ways kind of paths your prayer might work down from there? Yeah, the the Our Father is is probably my favorite I I love that it starts with our father and that's just one of the concepts about God that has been the most meaningful to me over the last 10 years or so Um, I think because I I kind of grew into coming out of college I grew into this big concept of like a big God concept that I I love the glory of God I love the sovereignty of God I loved contemplating those categories that, that can make God feel honestly just a little bit distant I think at times I think when I was living in my own strength part of that was because I, I thought I, I was sort of serving God well mm-hmm. um, but not not living with God and, and so the concept of God being my father is something that's just really like comforting it's really reminding me of what this relationship is so starting there that's the kind of thing I'm trying to just remind myself of just to say this is the basis of of our relationship I'm not out here trying to earn points I'm not out here trying to um, you know check the box or say I did something I'm out here talking to my father and so just I kind of just meditate on that I'll try to talk through that usually applying that to however I'm feeling at the moment. A lot of times walking out at the end of the day, I'm like frazzled or tired or was frustrated with work or with kids or I'm feeling overwhelmed by something. And so just inserting in, you know, like, Lord, you are my father. Like you are here. You're glad I've walked out here. Like you're, I can talk to you about these things. Like, thank you that you have come to be that to me. Um, 
and then I'll start to go to the the his kingdom. Then I've remembered that this is my father I'm talking to, not some distant ruler, but my father. And I want to see his kingdom come. Yeah. So talk about that one. So I I, I find the hallowed be thy name and and your kingdom come a little. So they're kind of vague concepts that you know mm-hmm. they're the they're the most vague concepts in the prayer. I would say. Mm. Um. So where do you go with that? I usually apply that to whatever is going on. Um, okay. it, like if whatever situation's on my heart at that moment, if I apply, Lord, I want to see your kingdom come in my kid. I was just frustrated his life. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I don't want his behavior corrected. I don't want him to stop That's bothering good. me. I want to see your kingdom come in his life. Yeah. Um, there's problems at work or problems wherever that's, that's often where I'm feeling and just say, Lord, what I want in that situation is your kingdom come. I want your name to be made great in that situation. Yep. And that's just going to change the way I pray. It, it, it does consistently change the way I pray about whatever that topic is. Yeah. The, the, our father thing I I'm reminded of back when Atticus was probably maybe four or five, we were living in this house. So it was probably right around then. Um, and I remember there was a phase where he loved boy time. So I would get up pretty early in the morning and he would get up uh, at like six o'clock and he would come down and he'd want boy time. And usually we looked through one of his like big animal books. So he had the big kind of Smithsonian animal books um, and just look at animals and read about them. And, um, and I remember how much it wrecked his day, his morning, if he woke up, he slept too late and woke up late and I was gone. He woke up and didn't get boy time. Um, cause that was his thing. And I, it was really convicting to me cause it was like, I don't feel that way when I don't get time with God in the morning. You know, I don't, I don't need, I don't feel that need as strongly as he does. And God's a way better dad than I am to feel that way about. Um, so it, for me, that's convicting. And, and I remember that actually when I'm praying to our father now lately, it's just like, I'm fortunate to be able to come and do this. And that even if I miss the last three days, you're, that much more excited to have me come today because you haven't yeah. had this conversation totally, in the last yeah. three days. Uh, that was, that's one of the things that, that gentle and lowly kind of the book by, um, Dane Ortland really helped me to see is that, is that God doesn't become colder to me the longer I'm away. He becomes more drawn to me. He, he wants me to be there more as a father does his son, you know? Um, we don't, we're not old enough to have like wayward kids or anything like that. But I, you know, I just imagine like if I had a kid who I hadn't seen in five years for some reason, I'm not, I don't think I would be that angry when they, I'd be that much more grateful when they come to me. Um, and any anger I would have would be my sinful tendencies and God doesn't deal with yeah. those. So yeah, such a great truth, just a yeah. great reality to, to remind yourself of. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to hard pivot here. Okay. Uh, so, uh, because I could talk about this stuff forever, but I only have you for a limited time. Um, you mentioned earlier board games, and it's one of the ways you and I have connected early in our friendship uh, is both being board game nerds. Um, and even just the other night, we were talking about how we don't do it as much as we want to with our kids. Uh, talk to me about about how the role that board games play for you in terms of being an intentional dad with your kids. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, board games are just a thing I love. Like, when people ask me what kind of board games I play, I, I'm hesitant because to respond because I know as soon as I start explaining 
the woodland theme asymmetrical war game that I love to play, their eyes are just going to glaze over and the conversation's done. So I don't really know how to respond to that question because I, I just love board games in a, a unique way, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I want to invite my kids into. Um, like, this is a thing I love and this is a thing I want to do with them that, that I'm going to enjoy doing with them and I want to show them how I can enjoy that. So that, that's kind of what I'm aiming at. Right in playing board games with my kids is is showing is bringing them into something that i enjoy that i think they're going to enjoy enjoy as well yeah um same here i i i I realized that i was a board game nerd slash board game hipster when uh i thought of settlers of Catan as like as a mainstream game and like i don't (laughs) play that because it's super mainstream and my coworker was talking to him about it uh thought of it as this kind of edgy avant-garde uh right it's not monopoly niche game right yeah exactly it's not it's not monopoly or risk or clue um uh so all right i I also love the analog nature of board games Uh, i love that there's hard physical pieces to move around now um we don't play a, a lot of board games my kids will play some some old school microsoft uh xbox connect out in the garage sometimes but we don't play a ton of video games and that's partly intentional you guys do a little bit of both. Um, where do you see the benefits of both those with your kids? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I see more benefits in board games. Like, I, I think that th- the embodiedness, that you're you're always doing it with people, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's at a pace that fits what humans are in a way that I think uh, technology often pushes us beyond. If anyone who's tried to take an iPad away from a child after them played for more than 30 minutes knows like that's doing something to you that's not good for you yeah um but i i engage in video games because i think that they are kind of inevitable Uh um i could prevent them in my house um but i i don't think i can prevent them forever like your friends are going to have them when you leave you're going to play them and so what i want to do is i want to teach my kids how to play them in a way that is is healthier Right. Um, to create context for here's what a good experience of a video game is, which which is mostly with people. Um, that's the main thing I want them to see is that you. I I know and I do like I said I will stay up too late playing video games and regret it the next day. So I know what that is, but I want them to also have the experience of, hey, we played Just Dance together or we played Mario Party together, and like we that was fun and the part you enjoyed was doing that with people. Right. Um, not so when, sitting up by yourself till two in the morning drinking ex- a 12 pack of Mountain exactly Dew. right so you when you go down that road you have a counter to say oh that was not good like this other thing would be better I should do more of that right yeah um, yeah I, I wouldn't say that we we intentionally avoid video games in our house it, it's weird my kids just don't really have an appetite for them mm. um, and I'm not necessarily pushing it super hard i'm sure like you said that it's going to come about uh computer games and, and video games are going to come about um but i started realizing that as playing board games with kids I, I realized that there were lots of little oh these are a just like mathematical skills and even physical skills that you're learning like spinning a spinner um you know those are pretty basic skills that you're learning um but even more so the strategic skills critical thinking skills and then even just how to win or lose well um which oh, yeah. you know it, that's you and, and that applies to video games as well i have one kid who would be like no matter who like they were just happy that evangel was just happy that somebody won the game and she'd be like yeah you won and that was always really easy to deal with it wasn't until i had more competitive kids later i'm the same way 
uh, more competitive kids later, we had to talk through how, like, if you're going to play games, you need to be ready to lose. Right. Um, what do you find is the best way to, let's say you've got kids who don't really play board games, um, but maybe you're hearing this conversation and you're interested in, in playing more board games with your kids. Uh, what are some good ways to teach your kids, especially if they're on the younger end of things, how to get into some of these games? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is that there are there are a ton of games out there, and if if you've only tried a few, the reason your kids may not like them is you you didn't have games that they would like. But that doesn't mean that they won't like any games. There's there's so many more games out there than there were I think even ten years ago because the the internet has made things accessible and um, niche games can exist in a way that's before. So I would say one thing to do is is try to think through what kind of games you know explore what games are out there and try to think through what kind of games will serve your kids. I have one one kid who is going to be just like me, I think, and is going to just love all the board games. Um, but another one of my kids, that they're not, they're not, they don't love them the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain games that they'll engage with and that they, I, I know how to find, this is what games are fun. They're like cooperative games in a way that, that they don't like the competitive or the, um, the, the, calculating kind of strategizing part of the game mm-hmm. um so there are different sets of games that i can play when i'm playing with just um oliver is the one who, who really loves games that, that he's gonna like the certain kind of games but if we're all gonna play i need these other kind of games so talk about cooperative games uh you mentioned that word people may not understand exactly yeah. what that is is that some kind of socialist idea yes what, what's that no that's, that's what that's what it is okay so, no um, <laughs> cooperative games are, are just where everyone's working together to beat the game, basically. Okay. Um, and and they usually are somewhat difficult in the in the scenarios that are set up. I mean, depending on how if you're playing games more for adults or for kids, they're different level of difficult. But everyone's on the same team. You've got your own piece. Maybe you've got this person has this special ability and this person has this special ability. But you've got to work together to solve the problem. Or there's a there's actually a pandemic game it's called pandemic um that that you're trying to beat the pandemic um mm-hmm. and and that's you so you're all running around the world trying to do all these different things um that, that's a very different feel and you can teach games in a really different way if you're all working together right um yeah one of the things that i like about co-op games is that if i've got a four-year-old that i'm teaching and it's a game that's made for kids age six and up let's say i can help him make a decision or her make a decision um, without altering the balance of the game because we're all working yeah, together right. anyway uh, and just helping to think through those steps um, can be huge. I, I think it helps them to build some of those legs they can stand on their own as you start to play more competitive games and they can make those those decisions for themselves. Um, so let's say I've got... Uh, I'm going to ask you for some board game recommendations. Uh, I'm going to name an age and you tell me a, a, a good game or two for, for kids that age. Uh, what if I've got like a like a five-year-old um yeah five i would say cooperative games i'd really recommend at that point Mm -hmm. um some things that i would say are uh there's a couple of of forbidden games there's forbidden island forbidden desert um those are really actually meant for adults but the the concepts are pretty understandable you're on this island that's sinking or in this desert and there's this sandstorm coming and you're trying to find all the pieces um, my kids love to play those games. And mm-hmm. really what's happening is I'm telling them what to do for pretty much the whole game. So I'm sort of solving a puzzle by myself. But um, but they're playing their part and they're, they feel the drama of the game. And um, and, and they really enjoy the, the story of what's happening. So th- that's yeah. a fun game. Um, 
Outfoxed is a kind of kid version of a cooperative game. It, it feels a little like Clue, um, but you're all working together to find the clues to stop the fox from getting out of the... It's like Clue meets chicken. Guess Who, kind of. Yeah, that's, yeah essentially. Um, and that they can kind of make a little more of their own decisions. Yeah. Um, and, but but still a pretty quick, fun game to play. Yeah, those are good. Uh, Mole Rats in Space is another one I would throw out. I think they've now changed the name to Space Escape, yeah. which is not as much fun. That one was hard for my kids because they didn't... They didn't uh, it was too long. They they lost interest before uh, the game was over. But uh, that was we played that a little before they were five. So that still probably would work at five. Fast forward to an eight year old. And an eight year old. So okay, one of the things I think you're trying to assess with games is is long term planning. Mm-hmm. Um, can your kid really think through how, you know, I'm going to take this turn so that in two turns I'll be able to do this. Before eight, you're probably not really able. They're, they're not doing that. They need to decide like I can choose A or B, and I like A better. There's no mm-hmm. like long term. No, three turns away is too long. At eight, you can really start to play. It's a more adult sort of games where, where you've got that strategy going on. So things like um, Catan is a really good game. I think at that mm-hmm. age that that you can start to. It's not that complicated, but there's a few steps. You know, you've got to think a little bit down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, another game my son really likes is called King of Tokyo, and it's just these like crazy Asian monsters. There's like Godzilla and King Kong and Cyber Kitty. Um, it's just a pretty simple dice. You kind of re-roll three times like Yahtzee, but you're trying to either gain points by rolling the right combinations or kill the other monsters. Yeah. Um, so the theme's pretty fun. It's pretty quick. Um, very interactive. Um, gotcha. So those are, those are a couple kind of games that, that yeah. I recommend. Awesome. Uh, another game that my kids like in that age range, between five and eight, I would say probably would be the Dragon series, Dragonwood and mm-hmm. Dragon Realm. Again, similar type of thing where it's dice rolling and risk management. You know, is this worth taking a chance now? Do I save up and try again later? Those basic kind of ideas of of how do I how do I plan long? Do I plan long term or do I jump on what's available now? And that that kind of wrestling match internally. Uh, and I have one kid that's always like. Just give me what's available right now. And I have one kid who's always got this master plan in mind. And sometimes it works beautifully and sometimes it's catastrophic. And it's good for him to see that like sometimes you have to adjust your plan. And those are the little things that you can learn through a board game. It's like it's great to have a plan. Sometimes you have to adjust it. If you get too married to your plan, you can be in trouble. Right. Like those basic little ideas of, of being adaptable um, are life skills that you can stop. And sometimes at the end of games when a kid loses a game and they're frustrated where you can teach not only, hey, here's how you can win this game next time, but also... Here's where this applies to your life. And, it, it, you know, um, I don't think that's overstating the benefit of, of games with your kids and chance to build some character there. And the same way that, that team sports do and some other, you know, um, yeah. disciplines like music practice. I think games can do some of those same things. Uh, and also for us, because I'm sure uh, there are moments when you're playing games with your kids. Do you ever get, like, frustrated with them? With my kids? Yeah. No, never. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh that was great um so what do you do like when you're playing a game and your kids are doing something and they're they're go- not they're not following your plan or they're being yeah. overly ridiculous or- yeah w- one of the things I, I tell my kids a lot in in games when they're getting frustrated is like why do we play games and they know they know the answer is it's to have fun um and winning is fun but it's not the only thing that's fun in the game and so you've got to figure out how to make the game enjoyable or how to enjoy being with the people in the game, and so preaching that, I'm aware. Like I have to, I have to do this as well, and I, I don't always because sometimes, it, you know, 
they're frustrated or they're quitting in the middle and now I can't finish the game and that's frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think trying to trying to owning that responsibility of like the point here is to have fun. Yeah. And I'm in charge of teaching my kids how to do that. So how can I help us all have fun in this moment? Or how can I um, help my son who's about to lose this game for the third time in a row? And like, I get that that's frustrating. So I think that I'm trying to think through that concept. Yeah. It's helpful for me to, I'm just trying to think like, what is fun about this? And how can I help them see that aspect? Yeah, definitely. And it's, like I said, I, I feel like my schedule's gotten a lot busier lately, probably just I've tried to be more diligent about other things in my life. And so board games and, and other just quality time with the kids has become harder to come by for me. And it's always that balancing act where uh, I'm wanting to spend time with them, but I've also got these other things to do, but they don't think about all the other things I have to do. They're just thinking about, I want to spend time with dad and dad looks like he doesn't have time for me. And it's trying to figure out how to be like, I'm carving out a spot mentally. And this is, this is an actual intentional thing that I'm doing. Um, but I can't make you feel like I'm just checking a box to spend time with you. Even if I, sometimes I kind of am, I'm like, I know that I need to spend time with the kids and I miss them, but I also know like they need this. Um, it, it is a, it's a, it's just been a great tool for us in, in terms of me personally learning how to manage that time, how to manage those priorities with them. And also not to get frustrated in the moment when it is happening, you know, not to do it like it's a chore, but to actually enjoy the time with them. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's a great tool for, for us to learn uh, lots of ways to care for one another and love one another better as a family. Uh, and we try to do it as many times as we can with me and the kids, more so than my wife, but she'll jump in with us sometimes too. She plays uh, some Ticket to Ride here or there, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the part where if, if we were a big podcast, I'd have like affiliate links and you would go and you would right. have sponsors and buy things from Amazon and I'd get money. But this is like the first episode of some rogue pops cast that who knows where it's going. So uh, just go get those board games that David mentioned uh, or that I mentioned. Or ask or ask Nick or me when you yeah. see us next time and we'll have a much longer list than you're interested in of board games that you could play with your family. Yeah, like at the next pops, which is coming up next month or no, this month on not this coming Saturday or the following but the one after that which I think is the 20 you should give the date because that was a really confusing description it, it was a tremendously <laughs> confusing decision uh, I believe uh, I'm going to look at the calendar I'm, I'm so go prepared 27th. you were close it's the 27th because last one was the 27th and it was February and it's even yeah so March 27th we are going to have uh, Aaron Vogel talking about time management and media management really uh, and how to how to how to manage media in a way that that uh, serves your family well uh, but while you're there you can ask us about board games too so we'd love to see you guys there uh, thank you for listening if you did listen this far um, and we hope to see you next time bye <laughs>